Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. So the government did an unusual thing with the stimulus check saying every American under income threshold, 75,000 for a single adult, 150 for married couples are going to receive this one-time stimulus check. And that includes people with no earnings. But to get their checks timely and to get them at all, certain groups have to do certain things including make sure that they have a bank account, including make sure they filed for taxes, even if they have no earnings. So we wanted to try to make this clear, and we want to make Michigan one of the states that has the highest rates of getting people their stimulus checks during this incredibly important time. So we put together a bunch of materials that we hope will be helpful for people as they wade through what they need to do to get this important resource to help their families to meet their basic needs. So we built a website that tries to answer the essential questions for all this. It's at poverty.umich.edu slash stimulus. And people can go there to try to get their questions answered and get directed to the sites where they need to take action. So the first most and most important thing is this is designed as a tax credit. So folks who are on public assistance, they might worry that they that this is going to be counted against other benefits they're getting. And this is money that doesn't count against any of that. And so this is added money for families. And so making sure that, that families know that they can access it. And this is something that they're eligible for even if they have no earnings, which is unusual for a tax credit like how I just described. But people still have to file for taxes. So it's kind of a strange format where people do have to file for taxes, but they could file with zero earnings uh, across the board, or if they have money that's from the informal labor market. So we try to make all of these different issues clear on the website. We have other information going out through a, a campaign around social media with suggested tweets, and we want to invite any and all partners to join us in this. We've already partnered with the city of Detroit, uh, just helping them develop some of their materials to reach out to Detroit residents. But this is a statewide issue and there's a lot of money at stake. So we welcome the chance to work with community foundations, community groups, individuals, just to spread the word and make sure people can get, get it done, get things done so that they get their stimulus in a timely manner. Our mission from President Schlissel is to partner with communities and policymakers to find new ways to prevent and alleviate poverty. And so we see our research agenda as an action-based one where we want to just be working on new ways uh, to reach out to families and, and help make sure families have the resources they need for a healthy and productive life. So in the current case, we've just thought in this unprecedented time when there's a lot uh, going on and a huge sort of shock to, to families and to the state that we should do everything we can to help make things better, especially for those who are the most economically vulnerable. So we've been looking for ways that, that we can engage. We created a resource guide that's also available on our website that walks through not just the stimulus payment, but all the other types of resources that people need that, that they can access. We've translated that into Spanish. I believe we're translating into Arabic because we want to reach as many people as possible. So the first thing is that you don't have to have had income in the last two years in order to access the stimulus payment. 
if you were at home with kids, uh, receiving some sort of government assistance, if you were doubled up with family and friends, uh, but you do have to file for taxes. That I think is one of the most confusing things here. So we walk through that in some detail and we walk through the process to do one of these simplified forms. So the second most important thing is that the government have your bank account information. So right now, the first checks are going out today. The IRS is going to shoot money to the bank accounts that are on file from taxes in 2019 or 2018. So if you don't have a bank account, we've tried to provide some resources for banks that have banking products that we think are sort of safe, uh, don't tend to have hidden fees attached to them. And we would encourage people to consider those. And then to make sure that the IRS has the bank account information and we have links to the sites where you can do that in a secured way. And then finally, we just try to answer a lot of the questions that people might have, like, does this count against my benefits? Does it, is this just going to reduce my tax refund the next time I file for taxes? With that one, the, the answer is this is an additional thing. And the federal government wants to sort of get this money to people right now during this time. So we're hoping that these resources help people do that. If the government doesn't have a bank account information and can't send money to you via that, then it could be a number of months before a paper check gets to you. If that's what people want to do, if they'd rather not give their bank account information, then definitely make sure that the IRS has your current address so they can get the paper check to, to you. But unfortunately, sort of expect to wait a couple months before it comes. I hope that people will know that this is sort of, it's broadly, the eligibility is broad. We try to go through who's eligible and who might not be but I think it's probably broader than a lot of people think. And so making sure that people know that this is something that they may be able to access and know sort of the concrete things that they have to do to get it and to get it in a timely manner. Those are the critical things uh, in my mind. We are just looking for opportunities to make a contribution and we're looking for partnerships. So we would welcome people reaching out to us. One thing I would say is that with these materials on the stimulus, we really hope those will be widely utilized. So folks are, are welcome to take the information from the website and send it to anyone that they know. They're welcome to encourage us to send it to certain people. They're welcome to take the content and to put it on their own websites. Whatever it takes to just get the message out and make sure people are able to access this during this extraordinary time. I've been working with the state government on the economic security front. I was really, really proud that the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services was the first to get approved by the federal government for a program to get added food stamps benefits to kids who are missing out on free and reduced price lunch all across the state. I like num being number one. And this is another example where I want to be number one. I want to have sort of the biggest take up of this economic stimulus payment, because I think it's going to make a big difference to families during this time. We are all in in doing whatever we can with the resources that we have at our disposal to try to answer these questions and, and try to be a part of making this as taking care of families as much as we can. So we're looking now at new sort of rules around unemployment insurance. So that's another example where the response with unemployment insurance is unlike any we've ever had. We know a lot of vulnerable workers 
often just assume that they're not eligible for unemployment insurance. And we think with these changes that they may be. Uh, we're trying to work with the state government on the response. So as I mentioned, I've been pretty much embedded in the uh, MDHHS Economic Security Administration's response and uh, working on these NAP benefit changes, these food stamps benefit changes to make sure kids get extra benefits, working with the administration on changing some of the rules that require people to congregate, like uh, work requirements, making sure people can stay safe in their own homes, streamlining some of those. So this is, I think, a place where our toolkit, which is access to data, research and analysis, right, can be really useful in figuring out exactly what we should do. And we're going to be all in to to work on the COVID response and are really open to suggestions and recommendations people might have, ways that they think we can have impact. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.